Then Laban said to Jacob, Because you are my kinsman, should you therefore serve me for nothing? No, tell me what shall your wages be? Now Laban had two daughters. The name of the elder was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah's eyes were lovely, and Rachel was graceful and beautiful. And Jacob loved Rachel. So he said, I will serve you seven years for your youngest daughter, Rachel. And Laban said, It is better that I give her to you than I should give her to any other man. Stay with me. So Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed to him but a few days because of the love he had for her. Then Jacob said to Laban, Give me my wife that I may go into her, for my time is completed. So Laban gathered together all the people of the place, and he made a feast. But in the evening he took his daughter Leah and brought her to Jacob, and he went into her. And Laban gave his maid, Zelpah, to his daughter Leah to be her maid. Now when morning came, it was Leah. And Jacob said to Laban, What is this that you have done to me? Did I not serve with you for Rachel? Why then have you deceived me? And Laban said, This is not done in our country, giving the younger before the firstborn. Complete the week with this one, and we will give you the other also, in return for serving me another seven years. Jacob did so and completed Leah's week, and then Laban gave him his daughter Rachel as his wife. This was the inspiration for the mail-order bride. <coughs> Working seven years, and then finding out the woman that you have worked for for seven years, and it's her sister. And then Jacob says something which I find absolutely rich. Why have you deceived me? It's like, hmm... What goes around, comes around. That's the meaning of the symbol on the front of the uh, bulletin this morning. Uh, the sermon title is Karma's, uh, and then it says, rhymes with rich. Um, one could say that Jacob had it coming. He stole his, well, he, he tricked his brother out of his birthright, and then he flat out lied to his dad to steal his brother's inheritance. And when his dad said, who are you? I am Esau, your, you know, your eldest son. He lies three times to his dad. And then he's got the chutzpah. And this is what you got to love about Jacob. How could you have deceived me? I'm family. <clears throat> you know, forget the fact that, you know, I just lied to my dad and stole my brother's birthright and did all of that. How could you have possibly done this to me? And then Laban says, well, you know, I'll stay a week with Leah, and then I'll give you Rachel, if you'll work another seven years. He ends up working for Laban altogether 20 years, the last six basically for the flocks that he's going to leave with his wife. And at the end, 
Laban tries to really stick it to Jacob by, they have an arrangement that um, they said, okay, all of the animals that are striped or, or black or have spots, um, they'll be Jacob's and all of the beautiful ones, which are the, the clean ones, will be Laban's. And so Laban takes all of the animals that have spots and he sends them with his sons three days away. Jacob gets the better out of them in the end because even though Laban is the instrument of the karma, the karmic wheel grinds fine but exceedingly, I mean slow but exceedingly fine. So Jacob gets him in the end. So how are we to take the story? Again, th these stories are fascinating, and, I, and I'm telling you these stories week after week, and they build to next week. So if you don't come next week, please come next week. I promise there'll be Monty Python in the sermon. It'll be great. It'll be fun. It's my favorite of all of the sermons. Uh, they're never, ever the same, but it's, I just love the message of, of Jacob. It's Jacob struggling with the angel. But what are we to make of this story? You've got people behaving badly in the scriptures. How could this be? So what are we supposed to take from this message? How many of you have ever had the remarkably unfamiliar experience of having something land on you that you didn't want landed on you? And you know what I mean. How many of you have just felt like circumstances just turned out not the way you wanted? Anybody here? Anybody? Like, oh, am I the only one? So what do we do? Is it, is it poor, poor, pitiful me? I remember the, that, uh, what's that great thing in hee-haw? I used to have to go to my grandmother's. I love my grandmother. But every Sunday night we watch Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom and then hee-haw. I mean, two hours that I would not have ever spent watching television in my grandmother's house, but, you know, blues, despair, and agony on me, deep, dark depression, excessive misery, if it weren't for bad luck, I've had no luck at all, blue, despair, no one? Oh, come on, this is hee-haw, this is an American institution, I certainly was not the only one subjected to this, all right, all right. I have more therapy in me than all of the rest of you combined. Okay. <laughs> but what do we do when that happens? We all know the experience, though. What, what do we do when that happens? Do we just, you know, throw ourselves a pity party? You know, none of you throw yourselves a pity party, I know. And you all think, I was wronged. But this is a Healing Touch Sunday. And what I want you to think about today is maybe, just maybe, God is able to take what happened and use it in something larger for the greater good. I sound like Dumbledore, don't I? The greater good. Jacob has, in the end, 12, well, 11 sons, but there are 12 tribes of Israel. If he had only had Rachel, you know how many tribes we'd have? Three. Three. Maybe four with the uh, handmaid. We would not have the 12 tribes that have come down. And again, think about this in terms of what God has promised. God promised to Abraham and then re-promised last week in the dream to Jacob. It is through your descendants 
It is through your offspring that all the families of the world will be blessed. That's the promise that is made. Now, if you've only got three, Abraham has basically, well, two sons, but Isaac is the one through whom the the blessing goes. And then Isaac has Jacob and Esau, and Esau is of no use whatsoever. It's Jacob through whom, as, you know, as a, dishonest guy as he is, he's the one through whom the blessing is supposed to continue. And we get 12 tribes from him. How many of you have actually looked back at your life and something that was, you thought was terrible at the time turned out to be a blessing? Anybody? You want to share it? Sorry. This is really unfair. This is spectacularly unfair. My my name is Julie. I was flashing way back, probably one of my first, like, this is so bad. I was 15 and a half, and my parents made a move from where I grew up, and all my brothers and sisters graduated from the same school I was going to. And the middle of my junior year moved me out to California. Awful. Awful. Wanted to paint my bedroom black. I just thought it was terrible. <laughs> That's how bad. Actually, see how good it is. It is so good. Anybody else? Any other brave soul? Something that bad that looked at the time turned out to be a blessing? Okay. She says, I did not come to church for this. My name is Marjorie, and um, a company I was working for in Washington, D.C. was going out of business, and I was laid off. And I took my severance, and I decided I really needed to figure out what I wanted to really do, what, would, what made me, what gave me passion in life. And I ended up finding out what I wanted to do, and I'm doing it now. I'm teaching. It was incredible the week I was at the uh, Strength for the Journey HIV-AIDS camp that several of the people that were in my small group said, getting AIDS saved my life. Getting HIV saved my life. I would be dead from drug addiction, alcoholism, doing other unsafe practices. I had to, I had to change my eating, I had to change my habits, I had to change my attitude, I had to change everything. I'm alive today, and I just like, I've heard those stories, but it's like when it comes out of someone else's mouth, It's like, whoa. I want you to think, and I want you to think very hard about all of the things in your life that are probably scarring the events of your life that have been um, understandably not so great, and see if you can find, you know, and I'm not trying to be Pollyanna here, but see if you can find a blessing that came out of it. And often the blessing is not for you. That's the hard part. Often the blessing is not for you, but it's for someone else. And the great thing about our lives is sometimes the things we do and the things that happen and the way we respond end up blessing other people in ways we will never understand. And yet they are terrifically real. 
and we never find out the impact. It's that, it's that it's a wonderful life that Mary always makes me watch every Christmas season. And I love that movie until the last five minutes when he starts running around like an idiot, and then I just, I can't watch it. But it's true, you know? We make a million connections with a million different people, and, we've, and you know, Potter steals $5,000 of his money. And if Potter hadn't stolen $5,000 of his money, he never would have had that experience of realizing how many people whose life he touched. The worst thing that happened to him was ultimately the best. Sometimes life is that way. Laban sticks it to his son-in-law, gives him a woman he doesn't want to marry for a wife, and says, i got another seven years coming. But it works out in the end. It works out for all of us in the end. And sometimes, sometimes, that's how our lives work. And that is really incredibly good news. Amen. Two, one, two. This is a song that says that in the end it's going to be okay, and if it's not okay, it's not the end. Isn't it beautiful? The flowers bloom and grow. Through a crack in the pavement The sun will find a way To come and save the day Even when it is raining The colors all around you Just take it in It's an It's an amazing life we have been given, though we will never know what the future holds on this crazy, wonderful ride. It's an amazing Just when you think you know which way the wind will blow, it stops and changes direction. The time moves fast and slow, the people come and go, kaleidoscopes of connection. 
and the colors may surprise you just take it in it's an amazing life that we are living it's an amazing life we have been given though we will never know what the future holds on this crazy wonderful ride it's in As we prepare to receive um, healing and anointing this morning for our teams that will come up presently, I invite you to join me in our unison invitation, which is printed in your program. God of love, plant us in the soil of your grace. Nurture us with the strength of Christ, the vine of everlasting life. Enlighten us with wisdom of your spirit, which flows through us today and all days. Abide in us, that we may abide in you and live in your love. In faith and hope, we pray. Amen. The healing teams, please come forward. <clears throat> 